Hey everyone, welcome into the second episode of the Full Court Press Podcast with Zach Womble and Brady McAtamney. In this episode, we get to what impressed us this week, who stood out, our Players of the Week, which is a new segment that we're doing moving forward, the would-be Q team out of Beach High School, and then we also get into some uh, Lions-Titans talk. Brady, spoiler alert, not very optimistic regarding his Lions. Uh, and then I also do a little special edition of our 2-2-1 Detroit Pistons style. So Pistons fans, uh, stick around. You're going to want to hear what Brady had to say regarding those teams and his favorite ones growing up. As for who impressed this week, our players of the week, and what we're looking forward to this upcoming week, let's dive right into it. All right, Brady, episode two, you know how it goes. Let's dive into what we saw last week. Who impressed us last week? As always, you can go first. Um, so who stood out last week? Who'd you see last week? And, and we'll go from there. Yeah, so right now, District 10 is looking just absolutely bizarre. There are a couple other people who uh, follow District 10 for both for work and just kind of a hobby. And um, all of us agree right now that this, um, this district is just absolutely wide open. Um, so two weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, um, two weeks ago, we saw uh, Rossview beat CHS and CHS was expected to be, you know, top two in the district. Um, so that was pretty surprising because Rossview was not very good last year. Um, and then we knew that Rossview was going to be playing Northeast on Tuesday, which is the team that won the district last year, um, was the runner up in the region and uh, lost in sectional uh, on a last second three pointer against uh, Hillsborough. Um, so that was a team that we were expecting to make a state push this year. And they still might, but they also lost to Rossview. So we're thinking, all right, well, Rossview beat these two teams that we think are going to be one and two in the district. So Rossview might be the best team here. Um, they, they've got all their guys come, came back from last year. They've all got an extra year of experience. They've grown. They've gotten better. Um, so these guys just look like they could be really good. Um, well, then they went to Kenwood on Friday. And Kenwood's a good team, you know. We don't expect them to do the best, but they're not like a walkover team. You know, they're not one of those teams that is like a free win. Um, but they also lost their best player from last year, which they kind of need to learn from. But they got a good coach. They got some good players, whatever. Well, they played Rossview and beat them by 20. So we just have no idea what is what what this district looks like right now. Um, it is just absolutely – it's going to be a lot of fun coming down this stretch. But I would say right now, Kenwood is one team that I'm really, really impressed with right now. Um, alongside them, uh, Northwest is a, uh, is a very fun team to watch as well. Um, they've got Dimitri Moss, one of the best players in the district. We'll talk about him later. Um, but they beat Clarksville Academy, who is also a pretty good team. Uh, and they also got a win over Montgomery Central, who's not the strongest team in the district. They had a couple guys out with COVID. Um, but Northwest has gotten some quality wins over the last couple weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat a little bit with District 9. You know, it's just – it's so early. Um, teams have played about three games, four games. Uh, and that's all if, – if they played every game, no COVID issue, that's about how many they played, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a toss-up right now. But I, I do think on the girls' side of the bracket, Lebanon is – 
you don't want to say a shoe in for that number one seed, but man, they look good. They looked really good. You know, they're they're a state tournament team that that probably would have made a push for winning it all last year had uh, the state tournament not get canceled. So um, that's a team that is, I think, pretty much a shoe in for that number one seed. It'd be shocking if they didn't get it, let alone win the district championship. But one team that has uh, that has impressed out of Sumner County so far for the girls is Gallatin. Uh, you know, they picked up some big wins this week, one of them being uh, over station camp on Friday, a 16-point win in a game that was never really even close. I know 16, you're thinking, that's still a big win. It didn't even feel that close, if, if you can wrap your head around that. Um, Gallatin did lose to Lebanon on the road a couple weeks ago, um, but that was a game that could have gone either way if you talk to Jerry Landers, and uh, this is a team that is getting better defensively. You know, station camp girls, they're a team that want to press you. They want to create easy baskets. Um, they want to create a lot of turnovers. But but Gallatin, to their credit, um, they were able to beat that press more often than not. Now, I asked Coach Landers, you know, what he thought of it, you know, maybe past the naked eye, if you will. And he said that his team's got to do a better job of coming to the passes as opposed to waiting for them because, you know, those really, really yeah, good yeah. teams are going to take those, take those passes away. Uh, but overall, I mean, he just had to be super impressed with um, with their week as a whole. And, and that's a team, like I said, Gallatin, Lady Wave, they play really good defense. They've got good guard play. Uh, that's a team that, that could make a real run at it. Again, you know, if they play Lebanon for a third time, say, maybe maybe that goes a little bit differently because, you know, it's so hard to beat a team three times in one season. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, they're, they're, they've got as good a shot as any to come out of Sumner <coughs> County um, in this district and then make a real run at the region – or, excuse me, the district that you represent. Yeah, and I'm looking at Gallatin's schedule right now, and they beat a really good Green Hill team also by three points. And um, Green Hill's a team I also saw this year, and uh, they played Clarksville High uh, really, really tough. And Clarksville High girls are very good this year. Um, and uh, they bar- they barely got past Green Hill. And um, and looks like Gallatin actually beat Green Hill in Mount Juliet, which um, yep. is even more impressive. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that Gallatin is just it, – it's an experienced team. Like I said, Jeremiah Montgomery – one of the better players here in Sumner County uh, at the guard at the guard spot for them, and you know what, Julia Cole, really good point guard, and Aya Boone shores up the, the low post. I mean, uh, I know I, she didn't play in the game that I saw on Friday, and I just assume it, it's COVID related. But uh, Khalifi Carter, another another girl, who plays on the low post who can who can snag boards, and so they're a team that, like I said, they 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 should be reckoned with. But another team that I want to give a shout out to on the girls' side. Uh, Two teams actually, uh, Hendersonville. They they beat Mount Julie on Tuesday. If you remember in episode one, I said that was one game to look out for this week. Mm-hmm. They came through. They beat Mount Juliet, and so they then lose to Lebanon, which is like I said to be expected. But Westmoreland, let's get over to them. They've won three in a row. Their district is is okay, I guess. If anyone's going to give them a run for their money, it's going to be Cheatham County. But even them, I don't I don't think it's they're going to have much to say. Westmoreland is a very good team. Very very well coached by E.J. Perry, um, and that's a team that I would think is probably going to put themselves in a position to, to play for go, getting to the state tournament. So on the girls' side, that's who impressed me and who I've seen this week. Yeah, that's definitely an exciting squad. Um, on the girls' side for me, um, I, I just want to give a quick mention to the Northwest girls basketball team. They uh, played against Clarksville Academy, who is a uh, reigning state tournament team. Um, they played them on Monday without their two of their top players, um, Caleb Howell and Tamia, uh, Tamia Scott. 
Scott, who uh, is probably the best player in the district, one of the best players in the mid-state, if you ask me. She's just an absolutely incredible player. She was put into quarantine as we were recording our podcast on Monday, and then they had to go and play that night. I was um, wondering because I saw you were, you were at the game and she wasn't there. I was like, oh, man, that's kind of bad timing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, as we were recording our podcast, she had to go into quarantine, so they didn't have any time to – practice without her they didn't have any of that they had to go straight into playing a a very good Clarksville Academy team uh, without their best player on basically no notice Um, they didn't win the game but they brought that game down to the final minute really Um, and that's just super impressive if you ask me Uh, they had a lot of younger girls stepping up uh, playing quality minutes and uh, I just wanted to really just let let that group of uh, girls and those those fans of that team and especially coach Ben Wallace know um that that was just absolutely that blew me away uh, I was super impressed with them and uh they're they're probably the favorite when fully healthy and you know they don't have girls in quarantine and um that just kind of reinforced that for me yeah that was uh that was I saw you know I followed your thread on that followed it along and uh yeah for them to to keep it as close as they did with them is is mighty impressive uh, you know, continuing on what I saw last week and, and what impressed me, Station Camp beating Gallatin on Friday night in the way that they did, uh, you know, that was a that was a two-point game at one point in the third quarter. And then Station Camp comes back, uh, ends the quarter on a 5-0 run, includes two buckets at the rim plus, plus one the hard way, and then they just completely dominate the fourth quarter. Uh, they're a team that lost to Beach earlier in the season and has since – just been on a tear and you know Seth Massey does as good a job as anyone in this county with his crew Tyler Moore Keller DA who we're going to talk about a little bit later new addition Eli Rice coming in from Good Pasture they're a team that may not have it all together right now but he's the coach that doesn't need for his team to have it together all all together right now Um, and, and I fully expect those guys to be in the running come coming in the year, not only for the district, but but to make a real run at um, at that region tournament. So they're the boys team that really impressed me this week. Yeah, they, they've definitely got a good squad. Um, I, I think they can definitely make uh, a little bit of a run. Yep. So real quick before we dive into um, our next segment, I do want to talk about – I know it's early, uh, but I want to go ahead and give out the, the district standing. So I'll go first for um, for the District 9 AAA. I'll run off girls and boys. For on the So on the girls, we've got Lebanon at one, Gallatin at two. I'm a, I'm a uh, popular person. Gallatin at two, <laughs> Hendersonville at three, Green Hill at four, Beach at five, Mount Juliet six, Station Camp seven, Wilson Central eight, Portland at nine. And on the boys' side, you've got Lebanon, Hendersonville, Station Camp, Wilson Central, Gallatin, Beach, Mount Juliet, Green Hill, and Portland. What about you? Yep. So in uh, District 10, 3A girls standings, uh, the only undefeated team left in uh, either boys or girls is uh, Northwest. I mentioned they did lose that Clarksville Academy game, but that was a non-district game. Um, but they are 4-0 in district play. Uh, they're number one. Then you got Clarksville, number two. Henry County, number three. Rossview, the reigning district champions, number four. Northeast at number five, Springfield number six, followed by Kenwood, Montgomery Central, and West Creek. Uh, on the boys' side, we've got a three-way tie for first place, although Rossview is technically first place, holding tiebreakers over Northeast and Clarksville, who are two and three. Then Kenwood, Henry County, West Creek, Northwest, Montgomery Central, and rounded out with Springfield. All right, Brady, let's move into our Players of the Week this week. This is a new segment that we are starting uh, side note, sponsors out there, if you would like to sponsor this segment, 
you can absolutely do so. You can email either one of us at editor at MainStreetPreps.com, and we will be happy to talk with you and speak with you about sponsorship packages for this podcast. But anyway, we move forward right now talking about our players of the week. Brady, you're going to go first today. Who was your player of the week this past week? Right, so my player of the week on the girls' side is going to be Atia Moss on the uh, Clarksville Academy Lady Cougars. This is a player who um, – Last, she's only a sophomore. Last year averaged about two or three points per game. So, uh, and when North, uh, I'm sorry, when Crossville Academy rather lost Sydney Boykin, one of the top players uh, in the state, really, she plays at Mercer now. Um, they lost her after last year. She was uh, just absolutely the best player on that team. Uh, we knew someone on that team would have to step up and kind of take over. Um, and, you know, there were several players, uh, you know, Diamond Bryant, Shay Khan, uh, Michaela Artist, a bunch of girls who we thought, you know, could kind of take a fill of that role. Um, but Atia Moss has just been far better than anyone could have reasonably expected out of her. Um, she's averaging about 10, 11 points per game right now. So uh, more than tripled her points per game from last year. And uh, she led the team uh, to wins against Northwest this week, uh, as well as Nashville Christian. Um, she uh, led the team in scoring for both games and has just been really, really impressive uh, overall. Uh, my boys player of the week um, is a really tough call between uh, Eddie Ricks of Clarksville Academy, who had a 30-point game and another 26-point game in uh, a win and a loss this week. Uh, but I'm going to go with Amitri Moss. He had two games this week, uh, similar to Eddie Ricks, but instead of losing uh, one of those games, he won both of his games this week, including a win over Eddie Ricks squad. Um, this is a guy who I actually was tweeting this week. I don't, I don't understand how he doesn't have several division one offers at the moment. Um, he is about five eleven, maybe six foot on a good day. Um, he was dunking like easily uh, on a big Clarksville Academy team. Uh, this kid's just a freak athlete can average 25 points per game. Um, this kid is just – it impresses me every single time I watch Northwest play. Uh, he's just a freak of nature, and he, he earned my player of the week uh, choice this year – or this week, rather. Very good. Two, two uh, well-deserving student athletes, as, as you mentioned. For me, I'm going uh, two players, also boy and girl, but from the same, uh, from the same night, if you will. First up mm-hmm. on the girls, Jeremiah Montgomery. Like I said, that Gallatin Station Camp game was so big mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and, and just the fact the way that the Gallatin dominated that game was so impressive. But Jeremiah Montgomery, she scored 15 in that game. She also uh, obviously was one of the, her, the leaders against Green Hill in their victory. So she's just had they, their team, her, they, they've had just a big week this week, but capped it off with a big win over City Rival Station Camp. She gets my player of the week, and I, I assume that she's just going to continue being her, her great self. I mean, it feels like she's been starting for Gallatin for 10 years now. I think she started every game since freshman year. Um, <laughs> she's senior now, but – uh, she and them have had a great week. So she is my girls player of the week this week. And on my boys, um, going to station camp, another senior Keller DA dropped 21 points over Gallatin, four threes, two in each half. And they were all at big moments, big critical moments in that game. And, uh, he, again, like Jeremiah is, is going to be one of the catalysts to his team. I know they've added Eli Rice and Tyler Moore does really good things. Grady Parsons, Parsons, an underclassman, showed out in a big way on Friday, but um, he is going to be a leader for that team, and Coach Seth Massey is going to have to count on him. And uh, I'm sure as the season rolls along, assuming he does what he does, and that is, you know, put 
put the ball, put the ball in the basket, uh, he'll get some looks, he'll get some offers. But Keller DA this week is my boys player of the week. Yeah, big-time players make big-time plays. Like you said, those three-pointers all come in at big moments. Uh, that's the kind of guy that you want on your team, no matter what. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't know where he's going to play at the next level, you know, guard-forward combo. I, probably, uh, you know, on the low block, if I had to guess. Um, but I do think he's going to end up playing somewhere. Both of, both him and Jeremiah, I think, we're just going to find a home somewhere to play. And, uh yeah, I mean, listen, they, they've, been, they've been scoring big points for their teams for years to come, so it's no surprise that they're having great starts to their senior year. Moving on to the next segment of what we've got coming up this week, what we're looking forward to. I personally have a ton of games uh, in the area. Uh, we've got Christmas tournaments around the corner as, as teams get ready for um, Christmas break. But I've got two, you know, as I mentioned last week in last week's podcast, you may have more games than I do this week, Brady, because I'm only getting high school games on Tuesdays and Fridays. And uh, tomorrow, none bigger than Beach and Hendersonville, obviously two, two city rivals. Beach coming, making the, I don't know, six-mile trek up New Shackle down Main Street to, to get over to Hendersonville. Those, those two games should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, Beach on the girls' side has, has – most recently won a lot of those games, right? And uh, and on the boys' side as well. But this year the girls could could go completely different. You know, Kelly Reed has done a tremendous job with the Lady Commandos so far this season. Um, but Beach has finally got everyone back from COVID-related issues. So I don't think you can judge them too much on the first four games, I believe, they played so far. Um, so that, that girls' game is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be intense. And I feel like I'm going to learn a lot about both of those teams and then Beach Boys and Hendersonville Boys. The thing about Beach, Brady, is they haven't played in over 10 days. They didn't play at all last week due to COVID-related issues. They were going to play on Friday when Portland came to town because Coach um, Kit Brown was going to pull 10 guys, 10 randoms from the student body, called it their Q team, their quarantine team, Brady. I don't know if you've heard of that, heard of any teams doing that, but I thought that was a great story. Unfortunately, the game did end up getting canceled due to uh, – Portland having COVID-related issues. So that game did not come out. But sidebar, that's just something that you should keep an eye out on this year because I think that probably won't be the only time that we see a coach try something out like that because I know in this district, if you have to forfeit a game, it's a, it's, it's a forfeit and you, you can't yeah. you don't get a chance to make that up. So Yeah, it's, it's funny you actually mentioned that because we had a game, um, actually two instances of – not exactly the same thing, but similar, where uh, Montgomery Central, uh, their head coach, the girls' head coach, is actually, is also the softball coach at uh, for the Indians there. Um, and they were down a bunch of players and actually brought some girls from the softball team on to play. And then uh, just last week, I mentioned I was at uh, Kenwood and Rossview for the girls' game. Um, they only had six players. And uh, I think four of them played the entire game which is just really impressive to me. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely something that we've seen, uh, just unique circumstances. We haven't had, we haven't had a full Q team yet. Um, I, I, ho- I hope that we, we don't have to get that. But if we do, it should make for a really interesting story, like you said. Absolutely. So, yeah, back to Beach uh, versus Hendersonville. going to be a really good game on Tuesday night. The other games around the area, Gallatin and East Robertson Station Camp at Wilson Central has now been canceled due to covid uh, related issues, at least the girls have been, I sh- I'm sorry, and then Portland at Green Hill. And then on Friday night, I've got three good – three games, Brady, that, that I'm having a hard time choosing between. That is Beach versus Mount Juliet, Hendersonville at Green Hill, and Station Camp at Portland. I think all three of those games could make out for a fun night. 
But those, that's, that's what I've got on the slate. As far as what I'm, the game I'm most looking forward to, it's got to be Beach Hendersonville. I live here in the city of Hendersonville. Uh, I'm right on the middle of, of the zone split. Um, so <laughs> that's going to be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, you can't have the entire community come out like, like normal years. Um, yeah. Still, anytime you get city rivals on the same court, sure to be a lot of fun. So that's what I've got going on this week, Brady. Right. So uh, my girls game of the week, um, I got to go with uh, Rossview at Northwest on Friday. Um, Rossview was the, uh, this was actually the championship game from last year uh, where Rossview came out on top, but they've lost, I believe it was eight players from last year, but they still got one of the top coaches in the league. If you ask me in uh, Justin Woods going up against another one of the top coaches in Ben Wallace, Um, they should be back at full strength by then. I haven't heard anything about them. Uh, getting any more new cases. I know Tamia Scott will be back by then. She's actually scheduled to be back today. Um, At least that's when she can return to practice. Um, But uh, that should be a really good game. Uh, It's at Northwest. Um, I think they should have a little bit of an edge in that just because they're a little bit more experienced. Um, But like I said, anytime you get a uh, a championship rematch in the regular season, um, that's just, that's, that's an easy choice for me. Um, as far as the boys' side, I'm going to go uh, with tonight's game, uh, which is uh, Northwest facing Henry County. Uh, Henry County is uh, pr- obviously primarily a football school, um, but those athletes aren't one-sport one athletes. Uh, they're best at football, but they've got some guys who can really hoop as well. Uh, so they're always going to be a threat in basketball. Um, they're 2-2 two and two this year so far. Uh, they just recently lost to CHS last week, um, but they want to come in and they want to beat Clarksville teams. That's just that's just always going to be the thing. Um, they 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 don't like Clarksville. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. They want to they want to beat the crap out of Clarksville schools any chance they get. So they're always going to come in with an edge and they're always going to come in and play hard. And Northwest, I mean, I got I, we just got to face it. They have to rebound, um, and, and that's in a, a not literally you know, grab the ball. You should do that because that's a way to win games, but they have to come back after losing that game last week against Rossview. This is their first game since then. Uh, they didn't have a game on Friday. So this is their first time hitting the court since losing to Rossview and they need to come out with a fire because if they don't, then they could absolutely get surprised by Henry County. Speaking of Henry County, I actually saw them last year when they came to station camp for the region tournament. I believe it was the region semifinals. And, yeah, they put up a fight, and uh, station camp was obviously a little bit too much for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right, that's a team and, and a school that, you're right, has multi-sport athletes that, that excel anywhere and everywhere they choose to, to put their talent. So, uh, you're right, I think that could be a fun game for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Before we dive into – our two-two-one game, real quick, so that we get it on the record. Um, Brady's Lions are going to be playing my Titans on Sunday. Brady got some bad news today. Brady, can you share with our listeners what bad news you got today? Oh man, I wish I didn't. I wish I had better news to share. But uh, last night, uh, the Lions were playing the Green Bay Packers. You know, everyone's favorite football team um, and uh, everyone's favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I say that uh, with extreme sarcasm. Uh, Matthew Stafford was uh, was making a nice play, scrambling out of the pocket for a first down in the red zone, and he uh, he went to slide down and got tackled by Kenny Clark, who is uh, a, a healthy 300 pounds at least, and uh, it, it it he looked like he crunched a rib or two of uh, Stafford. Let's 
to put it to put it mildly um he was on the pain he was on the sidelines in some serious pain and uh chase daniel the backup quarterback former uh missouri tiger if uh, vols fans remember him uh he he had to come in and they ended up losing the game but now uh it doesn't sound like stafford's gonna be in, in good shape to play against the titans this week they said he's in uh some ex- I believe the word they used was extreme pain or considerable amount of pain. I think it was described. So um, you combine that with the lions. uh, We'll put it as poor run defense and (laughs) Derek Henry and the Titans should probably have a a rather easy win, which they certainly need going into next week. uh, Was it, was it a malicious hit? Was it, was Um. I mean, I, I know you, say, hate, you hate the Packers. Yeah. You feel the way about the Packers, probably the way Henry County uh, athletes feel about Clarksville. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, You know, as a Lions fan, I want to say it was, but, you know, looking at it as a neutral observer, I wouldn't say it was. He was just kind of – he was playing through the whistle, and it just so happens that he's a big dude and kind of landed awkwardly on, on Stafford. Um, so it didn't look like it was malicious, but, uh, you know, it, was, it just was an unfortunate result. Well, listen, we'll cap it at this. This is a basketball podcast, not football. So let's just go ahead and cap it at this. Do you think the Lions have any chance of winning on Sunday? Um, you know, I think they have a chance to keep it close. Uh, and <laughs> if Stafford plays, then, you know, anything can happen. But uh, I, I think the Titans, if Stafford doesn't play, should have a, a, a relatively easy win. If Stafford doesn't play, I'm not sure we can revisit this next Monday just because I'll feel so bad <laughs> at that point. I appreciate the concern. <laughs> All right, guys, let's let's move forward. Uh, anyway, with our two two one full court press podcast, we've done this game where two players, two teams, one winner uh, that we're looking forward to this week. As always, Brady, go ahead. Who's hit me with your two two one? Yep. So my two two one this week. I'm looking. Uh, one game is Springfield at Kenwood. Um, we mentioned that Springfield doesn't have a win so far this uh, season because. Um, they haven't really had a chance to play. They've been in quarantine and uh, Kenwood is a good team, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, they, they just beat Rossview. Um, but that's a game where Springfield could, could come back reju- uh, rejuvenated. They could come back ready to play. And that's a team that, uh, and Kenwood that is sometimes really, really, really tough to beat, but sometimes they don't come out with the energy. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting game and it could determine some things toward the middle of the standings, I think. And obviously you'd, if, if you're in the middle of the standings in that district, you'd much rather play a team at four, like, uh, like Kenwood, um, instead of a team at one, like Northeast. Um, so I think that's going to be a really interesting game for seeding. Um, so that's one game that I'm looking at. Uh, another that I'm looking at is, uh, I already mentioned uh, Rossview at Northwest. I want to revisit that because they, um, this is a team that could absolutely determine first place. Uh, Northwest doesn't have a loss yet, and there are no games on Thursday. So both teams are going to be coming into this, or on uh, Tuesday, rather. Uh, no games really at all this week, in, except for today's Monday, uh, Henry County versus Northeast game. So both of those teams are going to have a lot of rest. They're going to be coming into that game uh, with uh, fresh legs. And uh, Rossview has um, – has some really good players. They've got some good three-point shooters. They've got some length that can match up with Tamiya Scott. Uh, and I think that's a game where Rossview could come in and uh, kind of make a statement win this year. I know it feels weird to say that about the reigning district champions having to make a statement win, but it's absolutely a thing that they can do after having lost so many players. 
So my two two one this week is um, is pretty simple. So and I've already hit on this a little bit, but Beach Beach versus Hendersonville. It feels like the boys might be more of a sure thing um, because I think Hendersonville has has they've been they've been playing. Beach has been all for ten days, and I do think that will affect any team um, just not playing right. Whereas yeah. a team who is used to being in their routine, staying in shape, I think. That is uh, kind of a more of a foregone conclusion, if you will, than the girls' game. The girls, I really don't know who's going to win that game. Um, like I said before, the beach finally getting their all of their team back. Kelly Reed has Hendersonville playing at a level that um, they haven't played at in a couple of years. So I think that game could be a ton of ton of fun. Um, two players that are some players that I'm looking out for this year or this week: Eli Rice from Station Camp and Marissa Wirtz from Station Camp. I think those two could have really, really big games at Portland on Friday night. Um, but at the same time, I'm cheating a little bit here, Brady. I'm really looking forward to that Brett Taylor-Hendersonville versus Bree Ellis-Beach matchup on Tuesday night. And then, okay. the, and then the other game, JP2 and Centennial. I haven't seen JP2 in quite some time due to scheduling and just things of that nature. Um, the girls last played against Merrill Hyde um, the other night. I believe it was on Friday night why JP2 plays that game, I'm not entirely sure. I believe it was nearly a 50-point game at one point. Uh, but but nevertheless, that was their first game back after since losing to Northwest. Um, them playing on the road at Centennial, both the boys and girls, I think is just something that I want to keep an eye out for just because I haven't seen them, so I'm just staying, staying very close to the record and how they're doing and those sorts of things because I am going to see them both at the Portland Christmas Tournament next weekend. So I kind of want to have – an idea of what's going on. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that game's on the road at Centennial, but won't stop me from looking everywhere I can to find video highlights, box scores, and things of that nature. But yeah, I, I want to get into my two players this week uh, to continue with my uh, two-two-one. Uh, one player that I'm looking at is uh, JJ Wheat for Clarksville. Um, he's going to be playing one game this week uh, against West Creek, and I think that's a game where he. Um, he's not going to get too much trouble from West Creek. They're struggling a little bit this year. And I think that's going to be a game where he can really kind of just reset. You know, they've had a little bit of trouble. They, they, they beat Henry County last week, but they were also coming off that loss against Rossview. That's going to be a game where he can kind of just kind of reset his equilibrium and get back to playing the basketball that he knows how to play. Uh, he wasn't even the leading scorer in that Henry County game. Uh, that was in fact, Jaheim McDonald, who was also a very talented basketball player. Um, but JJ Weed is clearly the, the brightest talent on that team. Um, and then when it comes to the girls' side, uh, I wanted to look at uh, Sydney DeRoche from Rossview. She's getting her toughest matchup of the year so far, going up against Tamia Scott and that Rossview Northwest game that I've already that I've already talked my head off about. Um, but she's a lengthy player. She's long. She can dribble. She can shoot. But um, is still pretty young, so she's still putting things together. And um, her up against Tamia Scott is going to be just an absolute ball to watch. Um, and then I'm going to make my pick. I'm looking at CPA versus Clarksville Academy girls basketball on Friday. Uh, that's at Clarksville Academy. Um, they haven't lost a game yet this year, and I think that they're going to beat CPA that night. That should be a lot of fun. That should be a heck of a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, Birdie, I, I'm going to throw a little wrench in the end of, end of our show. I'm going to put I'm going to put the put the uh, spotlight on you. Going to put you on the spot. Uh, I want to do a little two two one with you. You know, last week I mentioned Brady's from Michigan area, from Detroit area. Excuse me. Went to Pistons fan or Pistons game. So obviously, Pistons fan. So let's have a little two two one Detroit Pistons fan edition with Brady. Does that sound sure. good? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right, Brady. So I've got – I need you to do me a favor. I need you to pick me two favorite players, two favorite teams, and one thing you're looking forward to this season for Pistons basketball. Okay, okay. So two favorite players. Are we looking in the past or the current? Just uh, uh, whenever, whenever. 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 Okay. All right. I'll give you one from the past and one current day. How about that? Okay. All right. So one favorite player from the past, uh, one that I grew up watching that I'm sure most people will be familiar with was uh, Chauncey Billups. He was uh, really my favorite player growing up. How, how could he not be? You know, I was born in 97. He helped lead the 04 Pistons to a championship and a lot of conference finals appearances after that. Um, I mean, he, he really was like the quintessential point guard in the league for a while. He wasn't a huge star. You know, he wasn't your Allen Iverson. He wasn't a Kobe Bryant, but he just got things done. He, he made all-star teams. Um, I'm thinking he'll probably get into the Hall of Fame because he's got the ring. He's got all-star games. He's got, he's got all kinds of accolades. Um, but he was, he just kind of represented Detroit by putting his head down going to work. Um, that was actually their slogan. They were the going to work Pistons. You know, we had the bad boys from the eighties and the going to work boys in the early two thousands. Um, and, uh, he was just really everyone's favorite player back then. I know a lot of people obviously loved Rip Hamilton, Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. Um, but Chauncey Billups really kind of was that team. Um, and then my favorite current day player is, uh, Blake Griffin. Um, a lot of people don't seem to understand really, um, what kind of work he's done for the Pistons so far? People think like, oh, he, he went from the Clippers living in Los Angeles, living in Detroit. Like he, he, he can't like that. Like he's got to hate it. Like, you know, it's cold up there. It's not, you don't have the nightlife of Los Angeles. Um, that's just not true. He's said multiple times. He really, really enjoys playing in Detroit, living in Michigan and being a veteran leader for the team. Um, it's just been really fun to watch him remodel his game. Um, and become the player that he is today because obviously everyone knows Blake Griffin for being the high flying dunker superstar highlights. Um, but he's become a very good passer, a very good three point shooter. And he's just really become really fun to watch, especially when he's healthy. Uh, he was a all NBA third teamer a couple of years ago, struggled with health last year, but if he's healthy this year, I think he could make for some really fun uh, highlights this year. Um, as far as two favorite teams, um, I, this is cheating a little bit, but I'm going in-state with the Memphis Grizzlies. They have uh, two Spartans, uh, which is, you know, my favorite college team, Michigan State. They've got Jaron Jackson Jr., who I know people across Tennessee really love because he's just a, a really fun player to watch. Um, I'm sorry, Austin P fans, but I got to give credit to John Morant, uh, the Murray State legend. Um, but he's just an absolute blast to watch. I'd be totally lying if I said I didn't love the guy. Um, I mean, how could you not, unless you're an Austin P fan? Uh, just watching that guy play is so much fun. And then they also got uh, Xavier Tillman, who they just drafted this year, uh, another former Spartan. I think he's going to be a really good addition to that team. Um, another favorite team, uh, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but the Lakers, I've always been a LeBron fan. Uh, I'm not going to be that guy who goes out and argues, uh, you know, full force that he's the greatest of all time. I would personally say he is, but – I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate you if you say it's Michael Jordan because he's absolutely, uh, he's he's been that for a long time. But I really like the Lakers. Uh, I really like Anthony Davis. I really like LeBron. Um, so I'm gonna say them as well. And then, um, what was what was the one that we were looking at? The, the one uh, thing you're looking forward to most about this year's Detroit Pistons basketball team. Right, right. The one thing I'm looking forward to is they got a lot of young guys this year. Uh, they drafted Killian Hayes, uh, the seventh overall from France. They've got Sekou Dumbuya, who they drafted 15th overall last year. Sadiq Bey from Villanova. Isaiah Stewart from Washington. Um, I'm excited to just watch those young guys play and get mentored by some of the veterans like Blake Griffin and Derek Rose, who is still on the Pistons. People might forget about, <laughs> might forget, forget about him. He's a little older now. The Pistons aren't super relevant. Um, 
but watching those uh, young guys get mentored by the old guys and uh, develop a little bit, um, they're not going to be good this year by any means. Uh, but I think they'll, it'll be fun to watch those guys grow. Brady, great stuff right there. I mean, that's, that's great stuff. That's why, that's why the listeners stay to the end so they can hear great nuggets like that. <laughs> you betcha. One little quick thing, though. I, I, that's my bad. I didn't make myself clear. You hit me with two favorite teams. I guess I should have been more clear. I meant two favorite Detroit Pistons teams. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I mean that was pretty easy then. I, I got to go with the 04 Pistons. Uh, those that, those four all-star teams uh, with Ben Wallace. I already mentioned Ben, Rashid, Rip Hamilton, and Chauncey Billups. And then it's got to be the bad boys as well. You know, the one team that really gave Michael Jordan and the Bulls all their trouble, who uh, Michael Jordan still doesn't seem very fond of with uh, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, and the, and the gang. Um, I know they were kind of villains of that era, but, hey, it's always fun to be the villain sometimes, right? Hey, listen, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, love the Chauncey Billups pick, first off. Absolutely loved uh, loved him. I think you're exactly right. He is he is going to get into the Hall of Fame. Wouldn't be surprised to see him in a GM role or a coaching role of some mm-hmm. sort. He's made that clear. I know he's an analyst for the Clippers right now, or, or excuse me, TV guy for the Clippers right now. Yeah. Um, love Chauncey Billups. Love love the 04 Pistons. You know, uh, many thinking back on that series. You know, Lakers on a three peat. It's it's their title to win. And then the the Pistons just come in and just dominate that series from the start, and just mm-hmm. that was that was a lot of fun because at the time I hated Kobe Bryant, I hated Shaq, <laughs> I hated yep. those Lakers, and I wanted nothing more than to see the Pistons win, and they did. And so, uh, but I was also kind of a Grant Hill guy, uh, a little bit more than Michael Jordan mm-hmm. in the '90s. Uh, I was a little bit different in that sort sort of thing. Yeah, um, Grant Hill was fun, man. Yeah, he's he's probably the ultimate what if, right? I oh mean, yeah. He's 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 absolutely up there. Yeah. So uh, listen, I, we could we we might do this later, but today's not the day for a tangent of of NBA basketball, college basketball. But learning a little bit more about Brady every week, and I, I enjoy it. I know you guys are too. So uh, we're gonna cap it at that today. Uh, Brady, thanks so much for doing this with me again. I know the first one was a lot of fun, and uh, the second one just as much fun. Hopefully, the audience enjoys it and uh, and is looking forward to episode three. Absolutely. And I just wanted to give a little shout out to uh, the Tennessee Vols basketball team getting in the top 10 this week. Uh, yeah. they're, joining the Spart- they're joining the Spartans in the top 10. Uh, maybe if listeners want to hear takes on that uh, at some point, maybe we'll, we'll get into that with a couple top 10 NCAA teams. Dude, we could, we could absolutely do it. We could absolutely do it. Yeah. Big win for uh, the Vols this week, getting to 2-0 over Cincinnati. I think we've only got three non-conference games left um, before we get into conference play. So unfortunately we didn't get to play Gonzaga and, Notre Dame this year due to COVID. Mm. But, hey, top 10, we'll take it for right now. So Absolutely. Better than football, right? Yeah, that's right. That'll do it for us today, Brady. Take care, man. We'll catch up next week. Thanks, Zach.